Good morning. It is Monday, 7.08 a.m. I believe it's the 29th of April. Um, or the 28th. Uh, it's been a very long, full week. Um, a lot of people in the city are sick with colds, uh, fevers, flus, strep throat. I, ugh, I, I had a cold that I thought went away. Now it's back with a vengeance and I will probably be bedridden for the rest of the day. Um, fortunately, I don't have a ton of stuff to do, which is rare, so I must be grateful for that. Um, highlights include, uh, I went to Tori's birthday party yesterday. It was held in Golden Gate Park under some cherry blossoms, and uh, it was quite an idyllic setting. Lots of people came to it, but not, not uh, too much. It was a goodly amount. Um, you know, so I rode up there with Taylor and Burke, and we set it up, and then Jen met us there. And then everyone started showing up. Tori and David showed up. And then Maya and little Coco showed up. And Mark was there. Leah showed up. Some happening friends from L.A. of Tori's that I I don't know them personally. I met them, but their names escaped me. Um... Allison and Tim showed up with their two children, Sonia and Lennox. All the children are, were beautiful. You know, all three of them, Coco, Lennox, Sonia, they're just, you know, golden colored skin, you know, from when you're tan, like you're a California kid. And they were, were fairly well behaved. Um, Kate, Mose, Kate, uh, Kate showed up with uh, Brian and their dog and um, everyone was just frolicking and eating. The spread was really good. At one point I looked over and there were about six bottles of rosé piled up on a quilt and I was like, okay, I see what kind of party this is. Don't mind if I do. Um, I was sitting pretty close to the cheese and helping myself, even though I probably shouldn't have because I had some congestion. Um, so the new dog is really cute. Uh, its name is Dovey, and it has, it's a Papillon mix. Uh, so it it's the kind that would be the lap dog of French royalty, most likely before the French Revolution. And it has a black kind of black long fur on its ears and then mostly white fur on its body with little black wiry patches an adorable dog uh, similar size to June but perhaps a little skinnier and yes I had a good time it was uh, great to be invited to celebrate the birthday of, of a very well-loved person in the neighborhood Everyone was polite to each other. No one was rude. You know, it was a little bit chilly out, but not not too bad. Um, there were jocks all around us. 
that was funny. But, but you know, there was an, one alpha jock beating his chest. You know, it was just pure primate action. And at one point, he even took his shirt off. And then there was a picnic table that had a oversized Jenga set up. And you could just see the glee on the faces of the players. Um, Jenga is an exciting game. And the stakes are raised when the game pieces are larger because there's um, a risk of physical injury. So that was that was delightful to, to observe that from afar. So yeah, I stayed much longer than I thought I would. Um, there were there were moments at the party when I was tempted to leave. At about one point five hours in, I I contemplated making an exit um, because I I was on the fence about doing tarot. I'm kind of glad I didn't do tarot though because I kept having a runny nose. Um, but I ended up staying for like four point five hours. I had countless. Uh, small glasses of sparkling rosé, flat rosé, pink rosé, mauve rosé, peachy rosé, <laughs> you know, one of each. Um, and then I went home and I started to feel really, really sick. My knees started hurting to where I could barely walk and... I tried to start watching a movie, and in the meantime, I'd ordered some Chinese food, and I should have canceled, and uh, yeah, went to bed, listened to my hypnosis videos, switched it up, I'm listening to a different hypnosis video about letting go, Um, still dealing with some an unsavory event that happened a couple weeks ago trying to feel better about it um, and not giving it more credence than it deserves um what else oh yeah I hung out a lot in the Excelsior this week and one of the reasons is there's a new Vietnamese restaurant there called Thai Pha and I love it because it has two different portion sizes. It has like a small size pho and a large size pho. And it's so good. Oh my God. It's just the perfect size. I get the beef combo with the brisket and the sausage meatballs and the rare beef. and The broth is spot on. It's delicious. It's so good. I went there with April and her foster charge, Alejandra. Uh, I believe that was Friday or Saturday. Uh, Earlier in the week, I also went to Acme Surplus, uh, which is located, I think, in the 48 or 4900 block of Mission. And it was delightful in there. It's very well stocked. I highly recommend it if you need workwear. Don't blow it up too hard. (laughs) Know what I mean? Uh, But yeah, there was all my Ben Davis and Carhartts and whatnot there. Floor to ceiling, I got a Dickies onesie, which I've been been wearing almost every day. And I got uh, a new Ben Davis beanie. They have a good selection of colors. The customer service is is wonderful. Very friendly, unlike our Reeks. Um, The... The guy that worked there, we were gossiping a little bit about Arik's or Eric's, 
on mission how shady that lady is oh my god one moment so shady um if you guys don't know there's a there's another eric's on mission near the burger king and that one has been closed down for quote electrical reasons fire reasons always a different reason it's been closed down for a long ass time maybe three years and the guy at Acme said he thinks it's insurance fraud that it's bullshit and coupled with the owner lady's paranoia that everyone is stealing from her all the time well, but there is not enough to steal in that store. There's nothing to steal in that store. There is nothing desirable left in that store. The store is a front for all practical purposes. But we we surmise that part of her uh, her paranoia stemmed from her guilt. And we all know the type. You know the woman who, who thinks you're trying to steal her man, but really she's, like, not above, like, you know if she can to like sleep with whoever's taken you know to validate her existence we all know the type and they're always really suspicious so that would be parlayed into this woman's suspicions so it was fun commiserating with him he's a jolly sort i i didn't get his name but i'm sure i'll be back uh another place on the radar is nailtastic in excelsior zelda uh got her nails done there and she gets to bid the coffin style. The coffin shape is the shape that that Nailtastic is pretty much, that's their specialty. Um, it's like a conical squared tip. And uh, Zelda got them in lilac, a lilac color with little iridescent rhinestones on them. And it looked really good. It, there was something seamless and streamlined about the way that the polish was applied. So yeah, those are three businesses uh, in the Excelsior that I that I'm into and and I'm happy to have discovered and I will be back. All right. I want to talk to you guys about abortion. Um a lot of things are changing with abortion laws and it's kind of it's kind of freaking me out honestly um it's funny how when you receive a human right you kind of start to take it for granted (laughs) and then slowly it gets taken away um how you know you don't miss the water sort of thing uh one of the businesses in the excelsior uh, that i noticed uh is a place called alpha pregnancy center on 5070 mission street right smack dab in the excelsior which is by the way a working class neighborhood um a lot of families uh people that are not you know wealthy or ever will be wealthy or exhibit wealth at least but um you know it's coupled in people with families uh you know just working class families alpha pregnancy center i looked it up does not provide any abortion services they provide counseling counseling and other options quote alternatives to abortion and it's right it's about four four doors away from 
a legitimate social services building uh, for family services. Um, it's called family services. And I feel like it's, it's no mistake that Alpha Pregnancy Center has a very similar font and a very similar graphic uh, emblem to the family services building, which it's kind of like a very simplified, like egg-shaped, like person with no face with another egg-shaped person with no face and another egg-shaped person, kind of like a Matryoshka effect, but uh, ultra, ultra simplified and modernized. I feel it's no mistake that the Alpha Pregnancy Center has a very similar uh, emblem and design, and I feel it's strategic that they are right near a social services center, which is completely unaffiliated. Um, even the building's the same color, and they definitely are in the business of duping. That's what they do. They dupe people when they're vulnerable, and they don't. They feel they don't have any options. Uh, a bit further down Mission Street, um, on right on the other side of the Burger King, you know, there's okay. The, so there's Arik's or Eric's, and then there's Burger King. And then there's a Planned Parenthood. Um, so that's how far you have to go. So you go over the, the uh, you know, you go past Persia and you, you go all the way over to the bridge, that little bridge uh, down Mission. You go over there. It's a bus right away, but oh, there's such a difference. Uh, I believe that this may be the only Planned Parenthood left in San Francisco. When I first moved here, there was, I would go to the one on uh, Golden Gate near the other Burger King. <laughs> um, and it was the first time I'd received any kind of women's services, in essence, you know, uh, exams and uh, birth control, etc. That's where I got everything. And um, it was definitely not the, the, uh, Ritz Carlton, but you know, definitely got the job done. Saw people from all walks of life being served there in the waiting room because usually it was about a six hour wait for services. Even then, it was overcrowded. Flash forward to the one on mission, which is under constant harassment by bigoted organizations, primarily, quote, well meaning Catholics with a large, most of the men in their 60s, you know, baby boomers, baby boomer scum, by the way, um, with holding graphic photos of post-aborted fetuses or pictures of the Virgin Mary. Like, what's the Virgin have to do with losing your virginity engaging in coitus and then becoming impregnated. Nothing. It's all a lie. So um, they have these giant pictures of that there. Um, and they're, they're obnoxiously protesting everyone that goes in there. I've got in there for all manner of things, uh, you know, to pick up some whatnots, you know, on the way to an event. <laughs> you know, like Planned Parenthood does not just uh, give abortions. Okay, that's something people need to know. Um, 
they are very aggressive, very vocal in their harassment. Um, Ned was a few months ago walking down there, um, I think on the way to the knockout, if I've got my story right, and he got in an altercation with one of the protesters, the pro-life protesters. And homeboy, uh, the, uh, the protester whipped out his phone and basically Ned knocked it out of his hand. Um, it t- kind of blew up and it went to court and the cop who showed up on, on site of, on the site of the, um, altercation, uh, basically just kind of overcharged him with, with felonies and, you know, assaults and violation of the protesters' First Amendment rights. It was pretty ass backwards, if you ask me. Cops are supposed to turn a blind eye to abortion things. That's the way. He should have chuckled this protester off as big a nut job, the nut job that he is and was. The judge and the prosecutor thought it was pretty ridiculous. Um, and I think even the DA did, but on principle of the phone getting knocked out of the protester's hand, that was what the issue was. So um, in the meantime, though, Ned has organized uh, fundraisers and GoFundMes and, and that sort of thing to to raise awareness about how about the lack of funding for Planned Parenthood and also to cover some minor expenses. Um, one of them being a hidden cost of the a certain class that he has to take for 12 weeks. He's got to take this class um, and that they actually make you pay for the class. It's $500 for the class. And it's 12, 12 weeks of your time. I believe it's uh, once, once a week. But then he could go back to, to court and the, and the charge will be erased from his record. You know, it's just the fact that these, the thing that outrages me about this and why I'm mentioning this is that you have these idiots and and bigots, which I do not use the word lightly, these bigots outside protesting a woman's agency and her right to have autonomy over her body, or anyone, anyone who, protesting and, and harassing anyone going into Planned Parenthood for any reason, it's none of their damn business why they're going in there. They're completely harassing them, belittling them, degrading them, triggering them. And that's legal. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's bull. It's total bull. Um, abortion rights are being restricted and wrangled and jangled and strangled all over the place. Kansas, where my sister Yvonne lives, they just solidified something to finally protect abortion rights. That the right to an abortion is embedded in the state constitution of Kansas. So if Roe versus Wade is overturned, Kansas may be one of the only places you can go and get an abortion. There's only four places in the state of Kansas where you can receive an abortion. 
that is of particular concern to me because I have a young niece, Lily, and I'm concerned about her future rights, should she ever need them. In Indiana, where Sister Nick lives, it was appealed and upheld, thank God, but before the women had to undergo an ultrasound before getting an abortion. And it could only be in the first trimester is still how it's going, but at least you don't have to get an ultrasound beforehand. Uh, Mike Pence, when he was governor, tried to pass a law through that you're not allowed to terminate a child if a, a child's pregnant. Uh, ugh. You're not allowed to terminate a pregnancy if a child is diagnosed with a disability or something that could, you know, if the child were born to limit their functionality severely in life, you know, that the person, that the parent did not have the option of opting out of that pregnancy. Um, the Seventh Circuit judge called it the new law unconstitutional and it was overturned, but the fact that that lawmakers themselves are, and, and people in places of authority are even trying to push through these ludicrous laws and taking over our bodies. What the hell is happening here? I can't believe it. I feel like we're going beyond, we're going into the dark ages because even though abortion may not have been legal, you could still get one in a safe environment, at least, thanks to Inez Burns, if you lived in San Francisco. And Inez had a very had probably the most successful abortion clinic that you'll ever see or know of. Um, she was known as the Vice Queen of San Francisco, and she her she had her clinic for almost twenty years from nineteen twenty seven to nineteen forty five. Um, she was born in eighteen eighty six to German immigrants. She worked at a pickle packing factory and then as a manicurist at the Palace Hotel. Now, some people would say if you were a manicurist at that hotel, you were also somewhat of a, uh, like, kind of like a a low-key prostitute or something, you know, um, and not in the hipster sense of the low-key word. It's just, you know, you could provide additional benefits to your clients for a price if you so chose. What if, what such client of Inez's was a Dr. Eugene West? They, they became lovers. And he was an abortionist. He, he before Inez, was the most uh, sought-after abortionist in San Francisco, a very wealthy clientele. Um, and he taught her what all that he knew. And he was very, she started out assisting him. And then she proved to be a prodigious talent. And case in point, whatever you are, be a good one. And Inez was. Uh, she eventually opened up her, her clinic in the Haight-Ashbury district, which 
there are a couple places where you could get abortions still in the hate, ironically. She had a very diverse clientele. Rich women, poor women. It was 50 to $70 for poor women, and then she overcharged the wealthy uh, $2,000 to kind of compensate for the poor women that came in. Sonia Hetty, the ice skater slash movie star slash friend of Hitler. Um, she got an abortion there and other other uh, starlets and whatnot, mostly in the B grade, got abortions from her too. Nuns were were known to have, have used her services. The list goes on. You know, it's it's a zoo of it was her waiting room was a zoo of you know the microcosms of society all in one room which shows makes sense we've all got the same equipment we're all capable of getting pregnant and sometimes women need abortions go figure it's not just it's have the need to have an abortion is not a, a societal ill it's a it's a function that should exist for everyone who has a body in a womb. She, all the payments were done in cash. So she had these, these uh, hidden rooms within her rooms, uh, hidden storerooms behind her office where she stored fistfuls upon fistfuls of cash. She called cash glantham. Is that interesting? Glantham. She herself was uh, quite ostentatious in her dress. She enjoyed many furs and baubles. Uh, she, in my opinion, I think she was kind of a plain, stumpy-looking woman. But some people would say, "Oh, she was beautiful." I thought she looked rather common. Um, definitely no aristocratic features to note. Um, she was often seen frequenting the same places where her high society clients were though and uh, she was always on the fringes let's say she went to the opera house and people would kind of even though they had maybe just seen her the week before would snub her because she was the you know garishly dressed abortionist hanging out with you know hobnobbing with uh union bosses and mobsters and she had just given them an abortion oh lord pat brown who who was a uh, jerry brown's dad i believe was hot on her trail he was determined to shut her operation down she was paying she was paying the police force about four hundred dollars a week which was a lot of money back then. It seems everything was a lot of money back then. And and the cops were turning a blind eye. Basically, here's how it was in San Francisco back then. They wouldn't prosecute you for giving abortions if you paid them a little bit of money and their abortions were performed without causing bodily harm to the woman. Okay? If you caused bodily harm, that puts you on the radar, and you would be thrown in jail for that. Inez faced federal charges in addition to um, 
in addition to the abortions. Um, she had been busted three times. Uh, one, there was an undercover, uh, someone pretended to be a nurse, other woman pretended to be a client. They were all undercover cops. She had certified and registered nurses working for her, by the way. She just happened not to be a doctor herself, um, but she, again, was quite skilled. She lived in a house on, uh, I believe, 274 Guerrero Street. Uh, kind of, it's an interesting little house. It's full of windows. So she lived in the mission and she worked in the hate. Um, but she was arrested in 1945 after the third raid. And she was sent to prison, I think like three times. Uh, she served different sentences for tax evasion, providing abortions. And when she got out, she was, of course, totally penniless at the mercy of her family, who, by the way, took a huge advantage of her. She was married like f three or four times. And there were, there were um, the first couple marriages were not legal marriages. And she had kids all over the place. But so she was pretty much a broken woman. Lived a very long life, though, lived till she was 90. She died in 1976, so a little bit after Roe v. Wade. But isn't that, isn't that a change, though? Like, I would kind of much prefer... I wouldn't say that I prefer abortions to be illegal. I want them to be legal. But isn't that a change where the cops kind of help and support in some way facilitating women's agency and, you know, not sticking their nose in when somebody needs an abortion as opposed to them supporting and uplifting some raving bigot who's trying to stop anyone from entering a Planned Parenthood clinic because they hate women so much. Really makes you think about how things have changed. Seeing a, a bogus pregnancy center in the Excelsior, like, come on. How, how was that even able to get to thrive? You know, the one-to-one the -one ratio of abortion clinics or Planned Parenthoods to Alpha Pregnancy Center, <laughs> Crisis Pregnancy Center. I could go on, but I think I have enough. I want to recommend two books to you guys about Inez Birds. Um, the first one is San Francisco's Queen of Vice by Lisa Riggin. That's more of a beach read. Um, it's not very extensive in length, but it definitely gives you the gist. She has a little bit of a shaming bent to it, uh, speculative shaming but definitely still informative. The second one is what I'm reading right now called The Audacity of Inez Burns, and that is by Stephen G. Bloom. Both books were published last year, and I, I highly recommend them both. Uh, the first one, if you're in a hurry, and the second one, if you've got the time. Well, you know, I'm going to spend my time recuperating today and uh, try to be present paying attention to my health and my and uh, feeling better. I hope if any of you guys are sick right now, I hope you guys feel better too. Um, 
and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.